Alright folks, how you doing? Welcome back to the True Results 303 podcast. I am Russell, your host. Once again, I just want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this. Time is very valuable and you're spending it with me. So once again, I appreciate it. I hope that you are learning things and hopefully that you are sharing them with those around you because once again isn't that what it's really about learning growing and being able to share with others about what you have you've learned and hopefully teach them so that they can teach others in my opinion that's what it's truly about so today we are going to be talking about nutrition, supplementation, along with a few other things, whatever I can throw in there. I had to get out my fitness nutrition book, so I will be reading some things from that book as well. And I will also be reading and sharing some of the information that is on the free handout at the website. Once again, visit the website, trueresults303.com. Click on that free gift button. That's where these things are for you. Once again, follow us on YouTube, TrueResults303 for fitness and nutrition videos, exercises, how to perform these exercises properly, the motivational videos, the Christian spiritual videos, everything like that. Google Plus, True Results 303. Facebook, True Results 303. And I have finally changed Twitter to True Results 303. So, let's get started. Now, first we're going to go in a little bit of macronutrients. Now, some of this might be things you know. And some of it might be new. Either way, it's always good as a refresher course or good to just learn something. So we're going to start with macronutrients. And these are going to be the carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. And some would put water in that category. So protein and carbohydrates, those are going to have 4 grams or 4 calories per gram. So 1 gram equals four calories. Now with fat, that is going to be nine calories per gram. That's why only a handful of peanuts, almost, you know, or one or two handfuls of peanuts has as many calories as four ounces of chicken or as a full cup of rice. So with these foods, they are very calorie dense. So we need to be careful when we are consuming fatty foods or foods that have fat. Same with an avocado. Some of those avocados can have, depending on the size, anywhere in the range of three, four, five hundred calories than an avocado, which we do not see as an actual meal, but if we were to look at a calorie count, it would be considered a meal versus even the largest apple that I've seen probably only has a hundred calories, 150 at the most. And that's just because of that calorie difference per gram. Four, 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 four. Four calories per one gram 
of carbohydrate or protein, and nine in fat. So next we're going to go on to proteins themselves. What are these proteins that you want to be eating? And I think I've mentioned this before. I know everybody can't afford organic. I went organic for a week or two and my bill doubled. And to me, I just couldn't justify it. Now, I could if I wasn't going out to eat once or twice a week and going on dates with the girl that I'm going on dates with. Um, but it becomes expensive. But if you're a person who's going to live that lifestyle of healthy eating and you're not really going out to eat, then I would say you can justify organic because going out to eat is expensive. And if you're going to be making your own meals, it's better to actually use organic foods. So there is what they call a complete protein and an incomplete protein. But in reality, they're really complete. I'll talk about it a little bit further. But complete proteins are usually going to be animal sources. If you listen to what other people say. Of course, that's going to be beef, fish, chicken, pork, eggs, dairy. These things are going to be complete proteins. That's in quotations. Complete proteins in quotations. And then they say the only plant product is soy or hemp is usually going to be a complete protein. Once again, in quotations. Next is going to be the so-called incomplete protein. And the incomplete protein is going to be anything that is plant-based. Rice still has protein in it, right? Beans have protein in them. Nuts and seeds have protein in them. Even mushroom has protein in them. These plants have, you know, a mushroom really only has like one gram, but you're, and you're going to have to eat two or three cups, but you're still getting protein from them. And like I said, that's why I say incomplete in quotations. And the only reason why I do is because if you go, I made a video on this, if you go into your protein powder section and you look at it, what they're going to say identifies a an incomplete protein, a plant protein is a lack of or a missing amino acid, which means any plant protein is missing one of the amino acids. Different plants, plant-based products, foods are missing different ones though, so you can pair them together to make up for what is lacking. But if you actually look on the label of the protein powder itself, and you compare them, when I looked at mine, because I use a, a vegan protein or a plant-based protein, they have all the same amino acids. The difference is, is like a rice protein will have less, not zero, just less of that particular amino acid. And I don't have any, I don't have any, um, protein containers around me, so I can't give you the exact number, but it does have all of the amino acids. Do the experiment. Next time you go to purchase your protein, check it out. You'll see it does have every single one of them, just in lower amounts. So if we are going to pair these foods, 
so we can have that complete protein, as they say, what would it be? You would be, you would be pairing grains with nuts and seeds, or grains with legumes, or grains with milk products. Okay? And that's about it. You know, that's a, as long as you're usually doing a legume and a nut, a legume and milk, grains and legumes, grains and nuts, grains and milk, any of these combinations, you're going to have that so-called complete protein. Once again, I don't agree with that concept because, once, like I told you, if you look at, at the uh, ingredients and the amino acid profile, you will see that it is not the case. Next is going to be how much protein should you consume. Now this is a difficult thing to talk about because you're always going to get a different response from everyone. You need one gram per body pound of weight, one and a half grams per body pound of weight. And I think I've mentioned it before in my diet video where consuming too much protein can have a glucose effect can create insulin and insulin effect nuco I can't even pronounce it again I'm not even gonna let me see if I can get it gluconeogenesis there we go I was saying it backwards gluconeogenesis look it up and this is where the body produces insulin from protein and this is where they can say it can also happen is when you start starving yourself and then your body starts to eat muscle to give yourself insulin. But it can also happen when you consume too much protein. So it depends on who you are talking about. Two, a bodybuilder is always gonna tell you one to, two, one to two grams per pound. One and a half to two grams per pound. But some research is showing that you really only need about 0.6 to 0.8 grams per body pound, right? So to make it easy, if you weigh 100 pounds, that means you would have anywhere between 60 to 80 grams of protein, right? So then if you weigh 200 pounds, it would be from 120 to 160. So it just depends on who you're talking to. An endurance athlete, of course, is, is going to want to have more carbohydrates in the body versus a weightlifter. And now with the research of the ketogenic diet, some will tell you that protein isn't needed, all you need is fat. That's all in the diet the diet um, podcast though. So check that one. I think that is episode 4 and 4.5 just because I forgot a very important diet. So once again, it's always going to be trial and error. What's best for you? So usually anywhere between 0.6 to 1 gram of protein per body pound. Next we are going to talk about carbohydrates and which ones are best for the human body and that is going to be complex carbohydrates. Complex carbohydrates. Now what is a complex carbohydrate? This is something that is going to digest slow when consumed, which means it's not going to spike your blood sugar as fast or rapid. Same thing if you have a child, right? You give them soda, you see them bounce off the walls, and then they crash 
because of the insulin spike was so great and so fast. And then now you need more to be able to, you know, to keep your energy going. So a complex carb is slow digesting, digesting, and it's going to slowly release the sugar into the body. And this is going to be legumes, which beans, nuts, seeds, some fruit, just depends on these fruits you've got. It's usually going to be a fruit that is accompanied by the skin or berries because these are going to have fiber in them. A banana, if I remember correctly, is the one fruit that spikes the blood sugar the most. So we always want to make sure that we are eating fruits that are accompanied with fiber because fiber slows digestion. Whole grains and vegetables, believe it or not, vegetables as well have carbs in them. So if you're eating cucumbers, those have carbs. And I discussed that once again when I talked about the ketogenic diet because you're trying to stay under a certain amount of carbohydrates in order to be in a ketogenic state, which means you have to be careful even when consuming vegetables. Next is going to be a simple carbohydrate. Once again, like I mentioned, this is the one that is going to spike the blood sugar almost instantly and there's no fiber and this is usually going to cause a crash and this will be any type of table sugar, soda, refined carbs, candy, once again some fruit and juices. I've mentioned this before, if you are a veggie shake person or a juice person, you want to make sure that you are barely adding any fruit to these shakes. So, and once again, the reason why is because they will spike your blood sugar way too much, way too fast. So you're really only putting the fruit into taste. And if you buy your own juicer, I have a Jack LaLanne juicer that a friend gave to me as a gift because he didn't like it. Um, like I said, once again, it's one piece of fruit. Other than that, if you are to actually juice carrots and celery together or even cucumbers, um, you'll be able to taste the sugar. It's very, very sweet. Almost in the sense how when you get a V8, how you see they have on the label separation is normal. If you let your juice sit for a while, it'll separate like that as well. Uh, but once again, just always be careful <clears throat> when you're making your veggie shakes not to have too much fruit in there. Now, if you're doing the veggie shake as in blending, you can usually get away with more fruit because that is very fiber dense. And once again, I guess it just depends on how long you are blending or the type of blender. I like mine a little chunkier, and that is just because of the fiber content. That's, that's why I like veggie shakes, because they have that fiber. Next, I'm going to go real quick into healthy fats and unhealthy fats, or sorry, carbohydrates. How many should you consume? Now, once again, it's going to depend on what form of exercise you're doing, what you know, your lifestyle is like for work, with the children after work, what your hobbies are, is always going to be different for every individual. But usually they're going to say 
six to ten grams per two pounds of body weight a day. So you can do the math. If you're doing six, you weigh 100 pounds, divide that by 50, 300 carbs, 300 grams of carbs, right? Once again, it's playing with and manipulating these macronutrients again, macronutrients. And then remember, since we are going off of grams, that's always going to dictate your calories. It's almost a way to count calories as well, even though not a fan of counting calories, right? Next, we're going to fats. Because, of course, there are healthy fats and there are not healthy fats. So the healthy fats, if you look anywhere, it's going to be monounsaturated, polyunsaturated, omega-3, and saturated fats, just depending. This is whatever you're reading, you're going to get the good, bad, and ugly. Some say it's good, some say it's bad. I've seen, I've seen graphs where they talk about once we started to demonize the egg, that's really when high cholesterol started to rise. As egg consumption lowered, obesity and other diseases started to raise. And that's because they say saturated fat has a very important part in the body, especially for men and testosterone production. And we've got to understand that fat is not bad, right? Your brain is made of fat, if I remember correctly. They say it's like 80% like 80 fat. So why would you not want to eat fat? They say the outer lining of every single cell is lined with fat, right? You need fat to survive. If your body is at 0% body fat, that usually means you are dead, right? That's why when a person gets cancer, when my father had cancer, they were skin and bones, right? There's nothing on there. We need fat to survive. It's a part, it's a valuable part of the system. Unhealthy fats, of course, are always going to be trans fat. And this is where you got to be aware, be aware that when you're reading the package and it says zero trans fat, I think if I remember correctly, they came out with a law that said as long as it's below one gram or below a half a gram of trans fat, it, you can put zero trans fat. But there was still trans fat in those foods. But they just can say zero because they are under that certain amount of grams. And I think that's probably why if you look at a bag of chips... If I remember correctly, a majority of the time it'll say like three servings because then they are able to get away from putting one and a half grams of trans fat. When you break it down into three serving sizes, then that's a half a gram per serving. So now they do not have to label it as a food product with trans fat in it. Trans fat is man-made fat. And that's why it is the, the most dangerous one for our bodies because it's a man-made fat. And as we know, the best diet is always going to be eating foods that nature creates, not something that man creates. That's why we usually don't want those simple carbs. And like I said, saturated fat as well, sometimes depending on who you're talking to, they're going to say it's a bad thing. These people that are on these fruitarian diets or the 80-10-10 diet, 
They're probably not big fans of fat. I've heard people say you don't need it at all. Once again, your body's going to be different. Same thing with the ketogenic diet. I mentioned this in episode four. They say it will usually work better for women or for men than for women. But sometimes women can adjust, women can adapt, and it'll work great for them. It just all depends. So once again, it's just something that you need to be aware of. Do your research. See what works best for you. Next, we're going to go into hydration. This is a big one. How much water should you be drinking a day? Right? I'm a firm believer, you know, people used to go around looking for the elixir of life. And I think if you just eat properly, stay hydrated and things of that nature, that is going to be the elixir of life. Staying well hydrated. Right? If you have ashy, you know, if you have ashy arms and ashy legs, they usually say that is what do you say when you tell somebody? Yeah, you say ashy, but sometimes you'll tell somebody you have dry skin, right? Put some lotion on. What is lo- lotion? A moisturizer. Body helps, you know, water help, helps keep the body moist, right? Doesn't that only make sense? To me, that makes sense. So, once again, you're usually going to hear eight cups of water. A cup of water is eight ounces. So that's putting you at, what, 64 ounces a day. In my opinion, that is not enough. Not enough at all. And in my opinion, you should at least be hitting a gallon a day, which is 128 ounces. But then once again, it also just depends on your activity. So I'm a personal trainer. I work out a lot. I have my second job as well doing landscaping while I'm trying to build up my clientele. So I'm outside all the time, right? If you watch my YouTube videos, you've noticed that I've gotten a pretty good tan right now as summer has approached because I'm outside but I am drinking water con- constantly all day long so I'm always going to say at least 128 ounces and you just gotta do once again what's best for you but in my opinion I really like to see one ounce per pound of body weight so for me that would be 170, 175 somewhere around there 175 ounces Um, but once again as long as when you are going to the restroom your urine is clear that's a good sign we don't want it to be yellow that's a sign of dehydration or it could just be a sign of detoxing the body is eliminating toxins from it and once again that's why we need to be drinking water it helps you eliminate toxins from the body right you can flush your system so You just need to make sure that you are drinking water. It's going to keep you hydrated, which is great. And then it is also going to help detoxify the body, which is what we want to do. We want to be eliminating toxins from our body. And then, of course, if you can and you have the ability to, you always want to use filtered water. And I've always heard it said best that even if it's a $20 filter from Walmart, any filter is better than no filter because who knows what they are putting in the city water. You don't know. And I mentioned this in How to Save the Planet. 
the and the main thing we can do and the greatest thing that we can do is take care of our water supply and right now with the birth control that all these women are on the Viagra the guys are taking the the antidepressants they are starting you know the caffeine I drink coffee the caffeine this stuff is in the water because even the water treatment plants cannot eliminate this stuff from the water so you need to find a water filter if possible now if you go out there you talk about fluoride and if you watch the conspiracy videos which I do the calcification of the penile gland that's you know the gland that in Eastern philosophy is seen as the third eye the spiritual part of the body so on so on do your own research I'm not gonna get too crazy there uh, but once again just try to filter your water try not to drink out of plastic especially men women as well I would say um, try to stick with glass you know I if you do the research and they start talking about these non BPA or BPA free bottles now they're saying though that the new plastic has this new chemical in it that is still harmful to the body you wanna if you are drinking out of plastic you wanna make sure it's a hard plastic not thin plastic like some of those water bottles there's so much research out there about how plastic is harming our bodies once again just do the research look around this is just the first step I'm just trying to give you knowledge and once again you've got to go out and do it your own do do some more research on your own so next we're gonna go quick into vitamins we've got water soluble and fat soluble right so usually the difference water soluble fat soluble is you need water or they are transported through the body by water fat soluble they are stored in the fat or you need fat for the body to utilize these nutrients usually water soluble vitamins are not toxic because they can't build up in the system because you are flushing them out that's why when you take a multivitamin B vitamins you when you go to the restroom it is bright yellow because you are eliminating the vitamins that your body did not use versus fat soluble they can be stored in the fat and you can become toxic and have health issues because of cons consumption of too much of these vitamins okay so water soluble real quick are going to be majority of the time I think is any B vitamins and a lot of these I cannot pronounce so I'm not going to B vitamins folate vitamin C biotin B12 B6 pantothenic acid niacin riboflavin thiamine which are all the B vitamins and then fat soluble vitamins are A D E and K and I've got my book here so I'm gonna go through it really quick just to let you know what these vitamins do for the body okay so vitamin A formation and maintenance of skin hair and mucous membranes help people see in dim light bone and tooth tooth growth B1 thiamine helps the body release energy from carbohydrates during metabolism growth and muscle tone 
B2 helps the body release energy from proteins, fat, and carbohydrates during metabolism. And that is riboflavin. B6, pi, let's see if I can say this, pyridosine. B6 helps build tissue and aids in metabolism of protein. B12 aids cell development, function of the nervous system, and metabolism of protein and fat. Biotin involved in metabolism of protein, fat, and carbohydrate. Choline, a pre, uh, essential for liver function. Folate aids in genetic material development involved in red blood cell protection or production. Niacin. Involved in carbohydrate, pro, protein, and fat metabolism. Pantothenic acid helps release energy from fat and vegetables. Vitamin C, essential for structure of bones, cartilage, muscle, blood vessels. Helps maintain calipers and gums and aids in absorption of iron. D, aids in bone and tooth formation. Helps maintain heart action and nervous system function. Vitamin E, protects blood cells body tissue and essential fatty acids from destruction in the body vitamin k essential for blood clotting so there you go all that you might have to rewind that one and write down any that you thought might have been important to you now we'll get into minerals real quick we've got macro minerals and micro minerals macro minerals are needed in larger amounts so 100 milligrams or more so one gram is a thousand milligrams so macro minerals are needed in larger amounts 100 milligrams or more calcium phosphorus magnesium sulfur sodium chloride and potassium micro minerals are minerals that are needed in smaller amounts 100 milligrams or less a day. Iron, iodine, selenium, zinc, and the list goes on and on. Now I'll talk about real quick what these do in the body so you can get a little bit of information about what they do. Calcium, strong bones, teeth, muscle tissue, regulates heartbeat, muscle action, and nerve function, and blood clotting. Chromium, glucose metabolism, Increase effectiveness of insulin. Copper, formation of red blood cells, bone growth, and health. Works with vitamin C to form elastin. Fluoride stimulates bone formation, inhibits, or even reverses dental cavities. Now, of course, that's an issue. People are going to tell you otherwise when it's in the water system. Iodine, component of the hormone thyroxine which controls metabolism iron hemoglobin formation improves blood quality increases resistance to stress and disease magnesium acid base balance important in metabolism of carbohydrates minerals and sugars manganese enzyme activation carbohydrate and fat production sex hormone production skeletal development myeloma Denim function as a cofactor for a limited number of enzymes in humans. Phosphorus, bone development, important in protein, fat, and carbohydrate utilization. Potassium, fluid balance, controls 
activity of heart muscle, nervous system, and kidneys. Selenium protects body tissues against oxidative damage from radiation, pollution, and normal metabolic process. Zinc involved in digestion and metabolism, important in development of the reproductive system, aids in healing. So right there, I want to stop real quick. Potassium, fluid balance, controls activity of the heart, muscle, nervous system, and kidneys. So if you have high blood pressure, they're usually going to tell you that you need to stop consuming as much salt. But if I remember correctly, they say salt, sodium, pushes fluid into the blood versus potassium pushes, pushes fluid into the muscles. That's why whenever you get cramps, they say you need to eat bananas or some form of potassium. So from the research that I've done, it doesn't matter how much sodium you consume, it's the difference in sodium to potassium in the body. They need to be at balance and when you have that high blood pressure, it's usually because you have way too much sodium compared to potassium. So if you consume more potassium, that will do just as much good as eliminating salt from the diet. All right. So next we're going to go into what vitamin should you use. And there's research out there now that is going to say synthetic versus a whole food. If you're getting Centrum or usually any of these multivitamins, multiminerals from Walmart, these cheap ones, not to say that expensive ones are better, um, but these are synthetic, man-made in a, in a laboratory. And we got to understand that food is information for the body. Right? That's why when you eat something, it's broken down into carbohydrates, fats, proteins. Then from there, it's broken down into vitamins and minerals. Then from there, it can be broken down even smaller into whatever, you know, essential amino acids and whatever else it can be broken down into. But once again, it's just information. And they are showing that synthetic vitamins made in the laboratory is still missing something in the DNA of that vitamin in the makeup of that vitamin that the body cannot process and the body is not able to utilize these vitamins at all. So I would say go for a whole vitamin, but once again, you've got to do your research and you've got to uh, do what works best for you. Once again, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm just trying to empower you and put you in a situation to where you can make a wise decision. That's what it is truly about. So real quick, I want to talk then. I should have talked about this during the carbohydrate portion, but I want to talk about the glycemic index, right? So they will say, you know, oh, there was a big craze a while back, a bunch of infomercials on the eating glycemic low foods, which of course is the glycemic index is how the glucose response of the body when you consume these foods. So they're saying you should eat foods that have a low glycemic index, which makes sense because it's going to put less insulin and less sugar into the body, which is a great thing. That's what we want to do. That's going to prevent the crash. That's going to keep you stable. And these low glycemic foods are usually going to be the complex carbohydrates that I discussed earlier. But the thing we've got to understand is there's also something called the glycemic, glycemic load. And the load is going to be the amount of this food that you are putting in your body and then the combinations as well of the food. 
So I can say, yes, eating a banana is going to spike my blood sugar fairly rapidly. But if I eat it with a piece of chicken and an avocado, that is going to slow the digestion. And now that is considered the glycemic load. Okay, so don't get tricked by just the glycemic index. We need to worry about the load as well. And then, of course, I got off topic there again. I didn't look at my notes properly. Next is going to be your daily intake of vitamins. So when you look at your multivitamin, it's going to tell you the daily recommendations, right? This is going to be 75% of your daily recommendation. B vitamins are usually going to say this is 2,000% of your daily recommendation. But one thing you need to look at is going to be the upper level tolerance, right? If you look at vitamin C on your bottle, it's usually only going to say about 60 milligrams, I think, 80 milligrams. But we've got to understand that that is all, if I remember correctly, all that is needed to prevent scurvy. So that means you are actually consuming just the minimum amount of vitamin C a day to keep prevent you from getting scurvy. And that's not what we want. We don't want to be in the low range of good, right? We want to be in the top range. We want to be filled to the brim of every vitamin and mineral that we have in our bodies so that we are functioning at a high level. So once again, do the research and look up upper level tolerance, something along those lines of your vitamin intake. Okay. And then one thing as well that I forgot to mention about the importance of the of hydration and water. And the importance of hydration, the best way I've ever heard it put was you've got to think of it this way. Everything is your in your body is is an electrical pulse, right? They say it's just electric pulses shooting off in your brain, connecting, hitting the next center of the brain, boom, boom, boom. And what is water? But a great conductor of electricity. So we want to make sure that we are fully hydrated at all times so that the brain and the body is not misfiring. And that could be a reason for always forgetting things, you know, falling down, all these different things because your body is shooting off these impulses and it's misfiring and it's not catching itself. So that is another importance of why we need to be well hydrated at all times, okay? When I used to drink a lot, I, I knew a guy that before he went to bed, he would chug literally like 200 ounces of water. And he was like, I don't ever have a hangover when I do that. So real quick, we'll just talk about some shopping habits that are going to help you. This is I'm getting kind of high up there. I'm at 39 minutes. Um, so shopping habits, very simple. You probably already know this. Stay on the outside of the grocery store. Don't ever go into those aisles. When you go into those aisles, that's when bad things happen. The only time I ever go into the aisles is for uh, if I'm having some form of a pasta or something like that. But stay on the outside. That's usually where the meats are going to be and the fruits and vegetables. And some dairy if you like dairy. I'm not going to hate on you for it. But stay to the outside. Don't go into those aisles. For me, I usually go to a Sprouts or something along that line anyways. There are still horrible food items in there as well. Um, but for the most part, they are a little bit healthier. 
Next, we're going to be if you decide to go organic. They're starting to say there are some foods that you should definitely buy that are organic, some foods that you don't have to worry about. For me, I'm a little iffy on this. To me, you know, if you're spraying pesticides and things like that on the vegetable itself, once you water the vegetable, it's going to seep into the roots, and I think it would just make sense that no matter what, the plant is going to be infected with pesticide, insecticide, whatever it is. But they say there are some that you should definitely buy organic and some that you don't have to worry about. And I think for a, a general rule of thumb is if it's got a shell, kind of like a watermelon or a avocado, it's got that protective barrier. Those are the ones that they say you do not need to buy organic because they got that protection. But like I said, in my opinion, if you're spraying it, then you're watering it, it's seeping into the soil, into the root system, it's getting into the plant either way, but we're going to go here, right? So the plants that you definitely need to buy organic, they're going to say, celery, peaches, strawberries, apples, blueberries, nectarines, sweet bell peppers, spinach, kale, cherries, potatoes, and grapes that are imported, is what it says. The following foods are declared as the clean 15, the lowest in pesticides, onions, avocado, sweet corn, pineapples, mangoes, sweet peas that are frozen, asparagus, kiwi fruit, cabbage, eggplant, cantaloupe, domestic cantaloupe, watermelon, grapefruit, sweet potato, honeydew melons. So those are the foods that you can get away with to not buy organic all right so there you have it folks i hope that was decent for you all here's a page i like this one i'll give this one for you real quick how to store your foods foods you should store in a refrigerator right for it refrigerated versus counter so refrigerator apples apricots cantaloupe figs honeydew artichoke, asparagus, beets, blackberries, blueberries, broccoli, brussels sprouts, cabbage, carrots, cauliflower, celery, cherries, corn, grapes, green beans, green onions, herbs except basil, lima beans, leafy vegetables, leeks, lettuce, mushrooms, okra, peas, plums, radishes, raspberries, spinach, sprouts, strawberries, summer squash, yellow squash and zucchini so for the apples that was if you want to keep them for longer than seven days storage on the countertop apples for less than seven days you can store them on the countertop if you're gonna eat them within seven days bananas tomatoes basil cucumber eggplant garlic ginger grapefruit jicama lemons limes mangoes oranges papaya peppers Permissions, persimmons, pineapples, plantains, pomegranates, watermelon. Store all those on the counter. Store in a cool, dry place. Acorn squash, butternut squash, onions away from potatoes, potatoes away from onions. Pumpkins, spaghetti squash, sweet potatoes, winter squash. So these ones you say you want them to ripen on the counter and then you refrigerate them. Ready? Avocados nectarines, peaches, pears, plums, 
kiwis. There we go. So I am going to end it right there. I hope that helped. I know I'm all over the map sometimes and I apologize greatly. But once again, I hope this helped. I hope you learned a few things that you can implement, whether it be just the knowledge of the macro versus micro, the calories, or actually how to store these foods, what they do, what vitamins might help you to become better and help you in your health journey. And once again, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel, the Facebook page, the Twitter account, Google Plus, it's all True Results 303, TRU. Results 303. Once again, if you go to the website, you can download a PDF that talks about the complex carbohydrates, the proteins, the hydration. It has a sample meal plan on there as well. That's a part of those free PDF files you can download. Join the community. We need to turn this I into a we right now. It's just kind of me and a few people, but the larger this grows, um, the more of an impact that we can have, not on our own lives, but on the lives of those around us, and then, of course, on the world. So, I hope that helps. Subscribe to all those social medias, and stay tuned for your next episode.